Well, it is great to be with you this morning. Uh, it's great to be here online for those that are joining us online. And I hope you've had a really great week this week. We are the last weekend of September when uh, this is being live streamed. And it's, uh, it's been quite a month. And, you know, we now are going into the fall. Uh, we're officially in the fall. And I know there's a lot of different uncertainty around what's going to happen, even for us as a church. You know, we have uncertainty around how long will we still be able to meet in terms of being able to meet indoors. There'll be some announcements that will be made this week, if they haven't been made already, about when we, uh, about moving to indoor meetings, which our goal is to do that by October the 11th. And so there'll be some adjustments and changes that come with that because it'll likely be afternoon meetings that we'll be doing, which also means the live streaming will be happening in the afternoon as well. That'll be a temporary situation for us. And we are, are you know, looking actively for somewhere we can meet in the mornings. Uh, just as most churches that have a building, they are using their building in the morning and we haven't been able to locate something else yet. So just in the spirit of the season where we just have to adjust, that's what we do. And I'm reminded as I talk about these things, about just the word that God gave us. And at the beginning of the season, before it even happened, there was a word about we would need to be like they were in the desert, where we would move with the, as God would move, we would move. And so that's really the place we're in. And, and, and I have a lot of peace for us as a community because I trust that God is moving and he is leading us each step that he's taking us on this journey. And there's this beautiful journey for us of being able to rest in him and trust in him. And you know, I don't like change. I'm sure many of you don't like change. But even as we have to deal with these different changes, if we can rest in him, it makes that change so much better. And again, we just recognize that these are temporary changes. God's leading us into something much bigger. He's leading us into something that I really believe that, you know, in, on part of this journey, we'll find a space where we're ultimately going to be meeting in uh, for a much longer period of time, a space that we can call our own and a, and a home for us as a church. But how long it takes God to get us there, I don't know. And so I just I thank you right now for your flexibility. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your prayers as we're going on this journey together as a community. Now, last time I preached a couple of weeks ago, I preached out of Colossians. And uh, specifically, I was preaching, I believe, out of 2 Colossians. Let me check that. Uh, yes, out of, out of 2 Colossians. And I'm going to be preaching out of there again this morning. Uh, so I'm going to be picking up from where I left off. We had Steve ministering to us last week, both online and in person. And he just laid this wonderful foundation about the importance of us. And, but just laid some really important biblical principles right from Genesis on, on God's plan and God's plan for the church. And it's this wonderful thing that we can stand on the fact that God has a plan. And the more we get to understand just the overarching picture that we see in Scripture from Genesis right through to Revelation of God's plan for the earth, from God's plan for us as mankind, we recognize we're just in this beautiful place, in this incredible place in God's plan where we are, we have been saved by Jesus, by what he achieved at the cross through his death and resurrection, that we live in right standing with God, that we are saved by grace at this moment in time. And Jesus himself told us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It means that in this season, we really are able to put our trust in God as a good father, recognizing he's got a big plan despite what's going on in the world and that we're a part of that. So for us today, you know, the, the title of this message, I actually uh, want to call it 
what happens when we mess up? Uh, we may have used a smaller one on the uh, live stream title, but that is, is really the crux of what I'm talking about today. You see, we've got to know, you know, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the fact of just who we are in Christ. We talked about, you know, what it, where we read from verse 6 through to verse 10, where it reminded us that all the fullness of God lived in Christ in bodily form. It reminded us that we've been brought to fullness in Christ. And that's so amazing and so important for us to remember. And when we think about, and we even just try to think about just how big God is, how amazing God is, how, you know, we're talking about the creator of the universe. Our minds can't even imagine just how good God is. Our minds can't imagine how powerful God is. It's, it's literally unfathomable for us. And so when we talk about the fact that we've been made full, we've been brought to fullness in Christ, when we talk about the fact the fullness of God lived in, in bodily form in Jesus, there's this, this incredible power that is available to each and every one of us. We have a, this good father that leads us so well. And so, you know, we as a people don't need to be afraid when we mess up. Our, our goal as we walk our journey of life, as we're living and growing as disciples of Jesus, is we want to grow in righteousness. We want to grow in our sanctification. We want to become more and more like Jesus in our heart attitude and in everything we do. We want to grow supernaturally in power as well. We, we want over to become over and above who we were when before Jesus, and we want to be continually moving forward every day that we're alive in our walk with God. And that's a wonderful position for us to be in, and it's a wonderful goal to, for us to be pursuing. But what happens when we trip up? What happens when we mess up? What happens when we find an area of our life that we're like, man, this just doesn't measure up? You know, do we suddenly in that moment believe that God's disappointed in us? Do we turn in on ourselves? Or is it an opportunity for us to turn to God, to experience the power of his grace, and to receive that into our lives? Well, the correct answer is number two. That, that, it's, that it's the opportunity that we have when we mess up is to truly experience the power of God's grace. It's not a time for us to retreat into guilt and shame. It's not a time for us to, to retreat into self-pity. But it's a, a time for us to go, you know, Lord... I, I, I repent of this. I see that there's an area of my life that needs to change. I see that I've messed up in this way. And I, I come to you. I come to you and recognize that this thing that's going on in my life, it is not something that should be there. I don't want it there. And so I'm going to come to you for your strength and for your help as I hand this over to you and ask you to help me to work this thing through in my life. So, and so you know that I'm not just making this up. Let's look at what it says right here in Scripture. So Colossians 11, Colossians 2.11, it says, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. 
So that can sound a little bit confusing, but there's such important truths here. One is that we understand from the Old Testament that the covenant was made with God and his people, and a sign of that covenant was males being circumcised. All is why all Jewish males on the eighth day were circumcised. It was a reminder of the covenant that God had made between him and, and the Jewish nation. Now, what's being said here is that, look, look, that circumcision that was performed by human hands is the circumcision that's happened to us now. It's not something done by human hands. It's happening to us spiritually. You know, that it says right here, the whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Here's why that's so important. It's so important that we do not identify still as sinners. Because the truth is we, are, we may still sin, but our identity is no longer sinners. Our identity is new creations in Christ. So that means when we mess up, when we do things that we, we, we shouldn't have done, that, we, that don't reflect that new creation of who we are, it's not that we've gone back and now we are sinners again. We may have sinned against God, but we still are this new creation. We still, our flesh has been circumcised. And it's so important that we, in that moment, go to God, repent of what we've done, acknowledge it, but stand you know, assured of his grace and thank him for his grace. It's where early in Colossians it says, go to him in thankfulness, that we can stand in thankfulness and joy and say, Lord, even though this thing is there, that I know that you are committed to helping me get free of this thing, to change my behavior, change my ways, and that you're committed to help me on the, this path of righteousness that you have for me to walk and for me to become more and more like you. It's, it's so amazing, right? It's, it's, it's the, to stop and think about the power of what Jesus has done for us, of what it means for us, is so important. I'm, I'm literally going to pause, so you can just pause with me on that for a moment. Because this, this thing, right, it, again, it goes and says that having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So when we put our faith in what Jesus achieved at the cross, that he was the son of God, that our sins have been forgiven through his death and his resurrection, when we put our faith in that, then we are also raised with him. In other parts of scripture, it says that we're actually seated at the right hand of God right now. Our spirit is seated right now with God. And so we have the spiritual reality of who we are, but sometimes this, this flesh that has been circumcised from us, it no longer is what rules us or controls us, still affects our thinking and affects the way we live and we walk. But we identify with our new identity as new creations in Christ, not with that old identity. We, when we were baptized, when we gave our life in faith, that symbolism of baptism, our old life was gone, our new life came about. It didn't, again, didn't happen at that moment you were baptized. It happened at the moment you put your faith in Jesus. Verse 13, it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Let's say that again. He forgave us all our sins. And goes on, it says, Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, having stood against us, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, 
He's made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now, the, dis the disarming of powers and authorities, he's disarmed the principalities and powers, the spiritual forces that come against us and say that even if you come against it, you know, my son or my daughter, even if you come, even if you trip them up, you have no power anymore over their life. They belong to me. He tells us in Romans that we've been adopted you know, as sons and daughters of God. And we've been adopted into his family. And that's the position you hold today. You are adopted. You've been adopted into his family. That is who you are in Christ. And this is such an important truth for us. It, 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 one, it keeps us humble. It reminds us that it's been not by our power, not our strength. We can't live in self-righteousness. We can't believe that somehow we've done something that, that's earned our favor with God. We can do nothing. So it keeps us humble and recognizing that actually, you know, my state and my neighbor's state, that, you know, my brother's state and sister in Christ's state, before God, they are, you know, they, yeah, they're broken like me, but if they've given their life to Jesus, they are a new creation in Christ. And I am a new creation in Christ. And, you know, I, I stumble and I fall at times. There's, there's areas in my life that I wish would change. And this thing of Jesus being the Lord of our lives, us being able to entrust our lives to him as our Lord is so important. Because when I recognize that he's paid everything, he's done everything to set me free. He's the one that set me free from, from sin and death. You know, then I, I understand that it's only him that has the power. And so, you know, most of us are tempted in different areas of our life to try to take control. You know, I went through a season recently where there were just certain things that I was disappointed about in my life, certain things that weren't measuring up the way that I wanted them to, um, areas of my life that I thought should be different at this, at this stage in, in, my, in my life. And there was an element in me that I, that I didn't consciously want to take control, but the reality is subconsciously, it's like, I've got to fix this. I need to, you know, make changes. And, and I started in my own strength trying to bring about change. And you know what? It, it frustrated me. It completely frustrated me. It actually exhausted me as I was doing that. But of course it would. Because I'm trying to do something that where God has said, hey, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's Jesus' message. It says, come to me. You'll find rest for your soul. Our, our Lord has said, come and do things my way. Entrust your life to me. Entrust me with the outcomes. Don't measure yourself by anything in the world. Don't measure yourself by others. Measure yourself by me. And allow, you know, the life that I have for you, allow me to lead you and direct you with your life. And that right there is sobering because it means that I can truly trust God for everything that I need. I don't know about you. I struggle with that at times. And I, I just struggle to fully believe it. You know, there's an element that I, that I want to say it. I can preach it. I can say we got to trust God. But at the end of the day, I want to do something to bring about change. Now, of course, we do bring about change. But I loved how Steve talked about it last weekend. And I'm not sure if it was in a preacher in the leaders meeting. But he was talking about the difference between Martha and Mary. And Martha, in her own strength, was running around being really busy, trying to do all these preparations. And, you know, Mary just went and sat at the feet of Jesus. 
And Martha was frustrated because she's doing all this work and she comes to Jesus and says, you know, Jesus, don't you see all the work that I'm doing for you? Don't you see that I'm trying to do all this? Tell Mary to get up and help me. And Jesus says, no, Martha, Mary's chosen the right thing. And it's such an important truth for us because we can get really busy trying to do things for God. We can get really busy doing a lot of different things in our own life, trying like, oh, but I've got to do this. I've got to make these changes. I've got to get this right. Or we can get really disappointed in ourselves when we find ourselves not measuring up to the way we think things should be, whether that be in our character or in, in, uh, just in, in any area of our lives. But Jesus says the answer is to come and sit at his feet, to come and sit at his feet. Now, Steve speculated on this. He said, look, this isn't in scripture, but it's speculation. He said, you know, at some point in time, Jesus was going to need to eat. And so, but if Martha had come and sat at the feet of Jesus, along with Mary, then there would have been a time where they took a break and said, you know what, it's time. Let's take a break and get something to eat. And then, you know, Martha, Mary, and anyone else that was there could have gone and helped and made the preparations for the meal. But because Martha had a particular way she thought things were supposed to be done and supposed to come about, and a particular timing she believed that they were supposed to happen in, she was trying to bring them about in her own strength, in her own way. I know that I cannot actually, I've given my life to God, I've surrendered it to him, I've given my life over in full-time ministry. You may not have given it over in, in, a, in a paid ministry position, but if you've made Jesus your Lord, you've given him your life. It means it doesn't belong to you in, anymore. It's not that because you work in a secular job, your life still belongs to you. It's that, that, no, Jesus is our Lord. And so it means he gets to set all of our priorities. He gets to be the one that tells us how to, we live our life. He wants us, says, hey, come and sit at my feet. Come and be with me. Come and learn from me so that I can direct you in the ways that you're meant to go in every area of your life. And this is so important because when we, if, when we mess up, when either our life is not the way that we want it to be, when we've messed up in some particular way, sometimes the last place we want to go is to sit in the feet of Jesus. But it's the most important place that we can go. And so if you have, you know, the things that I'm saying today, if you felt anything like them in the last little while, it's just, I, I want to encourage you, go and sit at the feet of Jesus. Go and be with him. Allow him to minister to you. Allow him to remind you of who you are. Allow him to assure you that he will lead you. And then obey him. Do what it is that he tells you to do. Let him lead you and guide you on the journey. If you've messed up in some way that you think God is upset or disappointed with you, I just want to assure you that he's not, and you can come to him in repentance. He just wants you free of any of that, those things that are affecting you. He wants to set you free from depression. He wants you to set you free from sin. He wants to set you free from any areas of immorality. He wants you to set you free from things like anger and malice and, and fear and anxiety. He wants you to be free. He has freedom for you. And you can come to him. You can go to him and sit at his feet and allow him in his way to help you hand those things over to him so you know that it would be on a shadow of a doubt that he is good, that you, you have a good father, you have a Lord in Jesus Christ whose yoke is easy and burden is light, and in him you can find rest for your souls. God is more committed than we realize to us becoming like him. And all we've got to do is make ourselves available to him and allow him to work in our hearts and in our lives. So 
as we enter this fall season, as we have to deal with different adjustments, as we may find ourselves not performing at 100% the way that we would want to, may we have grace for one another. May we most importantly have grace for ourselves. And may we go to God and draw on the incredible power of his grace to allow him to bring healing and to bring change into our lives so that we become more and more like Jesus in everything that we do. Before we wrap up, let me pray for us. Lord, I just I thank you just for your incredible and amazing grace. Jesus, I thank you for what you did at the cross. I thank you for what you accomplished. And I just acknowledge that you know, it was through your death and resurrection that we have been set free. I just recognize you as the Lord of all creation, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. And Lord, I pray that we would truly understand that, that we would live from that place, that we would recognize that when darkness comes against us, it actually has to bow down to you. And Lord, that when we find ourselves struggling, we would remember that we are stronger than we think we are. But our strength doesn't come from our own strength. It comes from you. And that we can tuck into you and allow your strength to give us everything that we need to get through the day, to get through the season, and to, and to get on to the next thing that you have for each and every one of us. Help us live from that place today. Amen. Okay, well, have an amazing week and uh, look forward to connecting with you in person uh, and online next week. Take care.